Electrifying the transport refrigeration sector is going to be at least as complex as electrifying trucks and tractors. Electric reefers face similar challenges as trucks, not the least of which is balancing battery capacity with weight, range, and chassis space. But it gets a bit more complicated when you consider the need for pre-cooling and staging of loaded trailers. They'll need a source of AC power to charge the batteries while they're running the units. That necessary infrastructure is going to place an additional burden on fleets, shippers, and cold storage facilities. Here to talk about the hard work that's still ahead of us are two Thermoking engineers, Preeti Submaranian and Sam Dorr. Preeti is the Senior Product Manager for Truck Products. Sam is Thermoking's Trailer and Rail Portfolio Leader. Preeti's going to walk us through the new California rule that's coming into effect at the end of 2023. It'll require 15% of all straight trucks in that state to be electrified. Sam's going to share what he knows about the yet-to-be-determined EPA rule for refrigerated trailers. And as a reminder, we have two other Leadership Insights podcasts featuring Thermoking. You can check those out while you're here. And before we speak with Preeti and Sam, remember to follow and connect with us on social media and subscribe to HTT's YouTube channel so you don't miss another episode of HTT Talks Trucking or HTT Leadership Insights. I'm Jim Park. We'll be back with Preeti and Sam right after this. Pretty Subramanian and Sam Doerr, both with Thermo King. They're our guests on the podcast this afternoon. We're going to be talking about some of the new uh, legislation coming our way with respect to uh, transportation, mobile transportation refrigeration units. Welcome to you both to HDT Talks Trucking's Leadership Insights podcast. Good to have you aboard. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you, Jim. We've got a lot to get through here today, so let's charge through this. I'm going to start with a bit of a softball question first, not going to put you folks to work too hard. Um, There's a big push on now to electrify all of these uh, transportation refrigeration units. We're going to talk about some of the specifics of that in just a moment, but uh, there's some new regulations regarding uh, coolant and refrigerant coming our way, if they're not already here yet. Uh, R452A, I believe it's called, with a lower global warming potential than the current refrigerants. Can you kind of give us an idea where Thermo King is on that rollout and uh, what the product or how the product is going to affect the end user? Sure. Uh, So currently, the refrigerant that we use on large trucks, when we say large trucks, it's anywhere from a class five to a class seven truck, is an R404A. But we now have this new refrigerant, which is R452A with 50% lesser potential of global warming. And we are a part of our corporate mission signed up to reduce uh, emissions and are a part of the gigaton challenge to reduce emissions by 2030. So it only makes sense to invest in a lower global warming potential and make sure our products have the capability from a hardware perspective to take that on. So it is a drop in replacement and uh, involves a very minor change to the TXV valve setting. Yeah, and in, in, in terms of uh, cut-in, Jim, we cut in R452A on our trailer units earlier this year. So we are already fully compliant with with the future mandates around uh, lower GWP refrigerants. Okay, and has it made any difference to the way the customers use the equipment? 
you know, we've seen really minimal impact to the performance of our unit. Um, so really, it should be pretty transparent to our customers. Okay, good. Good to hear. Yeah. Okay, I thought I'd get the good news out of the way first. Now we can start with the, uh, with the fun stuff. Uh, beginning the end of next year, December 31st, 2023, uh, fleets are going to have to start transitioning their uh, transportation refrigeration units in California to zero emissions at a rate of something like 15% of the fleet each year for the next seven years. Preeti, is the industry in a position to comply with this requirement at this point in time? Uh, it's it's an evolving industry, that's for sure. And we as Thermoking are focusing on having products out the door by 2023 to help with this regulation for our customers. Um, it, it, it applies to the fleets that are operational in California, and you're right, it is 15% of the fleet count to be transitioned to zero emissions. Okay. Well, 15% doesn't sound like much on paper, uh, but there's some kind of wrinkles to that. Uh, you know, some fleet food service trucks are offer, operating hundreds of these things already. Uh, so 15% is going to be quite a number of units. Uh, do we have production capacity to get there? Are we going to be able to build all these products by that time? Yes, we are placing risk buys today uh, based on our sales history. We have an idea of what is the forecasted number of units needed, zero emissions units needed in 2023. And uh, we are uh, gearing up from a production standpoint and placing risk buys for the major components that we are aware have longer lead times than normal. So, yep. And what about a smaller fleet with, say, 50 trucks or 10 trucks or 31 trucks? <laughs> what does 15% mean to them? So, wow, I have to go back to my uh, math basics. So basically, they round up once, uh, say we have seven trucks, for example, right? And 15% um, of that would be more than 0.5. So they round it up to the, if if the number... 15% comes to 1.5, it is considered two trucks need to meet zero emissions. If the number comes to 1.4, it means they need to transition one truck. So for small fleet, having, say, three trucks, um, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, they have one more year to comply with the regulation. So it rounds up if it's a 0.5 and above. And what if you've only got one truck? Does it have to go? You, you don't have to worry about it because... 0.15 is less than 0.5, so they're good for 2023. Okay, well, that's comforting. Yeah. I'm sure all the small operators would be happy to hear that one. Um, Preeti, what's the, what's the plan for the early stage compliance um, where, curiously, the TRU has to be electric, but the chassis can still be diesel powered? Uh, which of your lineup of units are you going to be using uh, to meet that requirement? And where will the energy come from to run the thing? So that's a great question, Jim. And today, that is a product gap that we have that we are recognizing, and we want to power our current product E1000 with an independent battery pack if the uh, chassis is still an internal combustion engine chassis. And we see hesitancy, especially from small fleet, to go all electric because there's a lot of unknowns when it comes to infrastructure. And have you heard of brownout conditions in California? There is anxiety there. <laughs> so they they are looking to take a hybrid approach where they want to comply with the regulation for the reefer and then see how it goes and then 
figure out the chassis part further down the rail when, when the regulation for that takes into effect. Okay. So you'll be powering that with its own independent onboard battery pack then? Yes, batteries and thermal management systems, cooling, everything. Yep. yep. On the diesel chassis? Yes. Okay. So roll the carpet out a little bit more forward into the future. Uh, when more uh, BEVs are actually hitting the road, you've got a unit designed specifically uh, for class six and seven battery electric trucks, the E1000. Uh, tell me a bit about that. So the E1000 is designed off of our largest large truck offering today when it, in terms of capacity. So it is an all electric unit um uh, with zero emissions um and it has a 12 volt battery within its system to make sure the telematics and the controllers work and it takes a high voltage dc connection from the chassis batteries through the technology called the epto electric power takeoff and the architecture is very different where we um have an inbuilt uh, variable speed drive and a compressor, hermetically sealed scroll compressor, and hence it gives more than 50% efficiency than our current diesel offerings. So very excited for that product. Are we going to get into conflicts with AC and DC power and different voltages on the chassis compared to what you require to run the E1000? That's where our engineering team, in my opinion, has done a phenomenal job of making it compatible with multiple uh, voltage levels uh, on the DC architecture. So we can work with just a change of a couple of components, either uh, on a 400 volts DC system or an 800 volts DC system, which seems to be the two major systems for uh, nominal voltages for most of the chassis makers. Okay. Well, given how customers are so far expressing range anxiety concerns and how much, uh, how far they can go with their truck, have you been able to pin down how much of a draw the uh, the system that you're putting on is going to take from the battery over a you know a typical day's work. Is it going to cost them a lot of miles? The short answer is, Jim. It depends, right? <laughs> you, Never heard that before. <laughs> if you leave the door open for an hour versus ten minutes, if you course, can see yeah. daylight through the box versus it's a good insulated box that we like having. You have right. a roll-up door versus a swing open door, what have you, right? There are a lot of parameters that influence basic thermodynamics that dictate the product. But we do have uh, an internal tool available that gives us an idea of how much, um, quote-unquote, penalty would it be on the range for running a reefer. And um, that is for, a, I'll give you an example, for a, 22 foot box for a 35 degrees fresh set point um, for a typical day, it is less than 7% of the chassis battery consumption, assuming 10 door openings a day, each door opening not being more than 10 minutes on a 10 hour route. So we are again able to achieve that due to our efficient components in the system. 7% doesn't sound like that much to worry about. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And if you have good operation behavior, I want to stress that. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I guess just as an aside here, um, are customers going to have to change their operational behavior much to accommodate these things, or is it going to be business as usual when it all comes to pass? Uh, it is a totally different architecture. It's all electric, and it's not belt-driven, or there is no fuel tank. So there is a learning curve here 
to operate an electric unit. Like you don't want to be messing around with high voltage DC without knowing what you're doing. So there is that and pay attention to the faults that come up and not just <laughs> ignore them. And, uh, you know, it, it, uh, but, but it's, it's exciting. Indeed, yeah. Well, Sam, you got off easy so far. I'm going <laughs> to put the boots to you now, though. I've got a few questions about the, uh, the trader side of the business. Um, let's start off with a bit of a discussion on your Evolve trailer. It was a demonstration project that you folks have, uh, well, actually, we have a video on our website starring Matt Cernick. Uh, he's explaining how it all works and what it's for. Um, there was some public press releases on the, uh, on the trailer came out a little while ago within the last month or so. Yeah. Uh, from a couple of big retail chains that are using it. Tell us what you've seen so far uh, and how the customers are adapting to it and uh, and how it's helping their businesses. Yeah, you know, first, Jim, let me start by saying, you know, the trailer portion of the business is in a little bit different spot than the large truck side. Um, in terms of regulation, we have a little bit more time. CARB is not quite ready with that regulation. So it really gives us an opportunity to learn with our customers. So the demonstration units are really just about learning. Um, you know, operationally, a trailer is different than a truck, right? You, you disconnect from the, the chassis. Uh, you have pre-cooling, staging, um, several yard operation um, processes that all are going to be impacted by electrification. And ultimately, um, this is a way for our customers to learn. So really we're being pushed by the large retailers and distributors in the industry to partner with them and, and go on this journey together. I think as we look forward, um, standardization across everyone in the industry, including all of the OEMs is gonna be really important to, to driving the future of trailer electrification. Okay. Uh, you said the, the, dem the Evolve trailer was a, a learning project between you and your customers. Uh, what have you learned about customer duty cycles so far from the data you've collected on the trailer? Uh, yeah. Any surprises there? Uh, you know, given that it was a learning exercise, I don't know that there were as many surprises as really just learning that there's a huge variation in our customers' operations. Um, our customers, you know, they've had the luxury of having a diesel tank on these units that runs pretty continuous for multiple days. And in a battery electric world, you know, they're going to be limited to maybe a day's worth of use, um, which if they don't plug it in or they don't stage it or pre-cool it plugged in, um, they're going to face challenges completing routes in an all battery uh, environment because they, you know, just adding the incremental weight to the units probably not realistic. So, we saw, you know, every kind of challenge from the basic operator error to, you know, fundamental things in, in customer operations where in the future they're going to have to think about how do they pre-cool, when do they pre-cool, when do they stage. You know, if they're staging, the unit's not plugged in, they're going to need to have a truck there. So really how they plan their operation is going to be a big deal in the future. Yeah. A lot of adjustments to be made in the way we do business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mentioned that the CARB rule is, is still some time off. Uh, in fact, we really haven't even seen uh, a, a draft from CARB yet that's giving any real indication of what's going to be there. What do you expect is going to be in that rule? Do you have any, any thoughts on what's coming? 
Yeah, I mean, we know it's going to be a zero emission regulation. So in the trailer space, we do have a carb regulation coming down the pipe next year in terms of lower emissions. They put out a requirement for lower PM um, in, in the 25 horsepower engine category. So that is coming down the, the pipe in 2023. But when they talk about you know the next round of regulation, they're really kind of echoing the the greater vision that CARB has of zero emissions. So we know that will be included. I think the unique thing about trailer will be, what do they say about range extension technologies? Um, I think lots are familiar with the concept of an e-axle, regenerative braking. Um, you know, do they allow us to drag an axle um, and, and be a parasitic load off the truck? You know, I think these are a lot of questions that will get answered as we start to see draft legislation from CARB. Could you just explain that for the benefit of our listeners, what you mean by dragging an axle? So basically, instead of capturing energy only during braking, we would be capturing energy at all times using a generator on the axle. So basically, we would be an incremental load to that axle. Okay. Gotcha. That's what I thought you meant. Yeah, just wanted to clarify that. Um, it's easy to make rules when you when everything's nice and neatly lined up and you can predict what's going to happen, but nothing in life is that predictable. Uh, trucks break down, reefers are left sitting on the side of the road, uh, they have to run for several hours until a tow truck gets there. I can foresee all kinds of issues. How are you going to plan for the eventuality that it, the truck is sitting at the side of the road, the, the electric refrigeration unit running, but the tractors broke down and ain't going nowhere, and there, there's no electricity to be found. Uh, are we going to start losing loads of strawberries all over the place because the truck is marooned, basically? You know, I think that's where maybe there's room for uh, discussion around hybrid technology. Um, our Evolve demonstrator currently, you could call it a hybrid from the standpoint of it does have a diesel engine on it, and when you lose um power from the battery the the uh the engine kicks in and you know there it's basically seamless operation for our customer i think in the future um there's either going to have to be mobile transport uh chargers on the road um just like a tow truck or you know we're going to have to look at a hybrid situation because i think you're exactly right jim is you know, a truck might fail for several reasons other than the reefer, but the reefer might be um, at risk given, given um, you know, its capacity. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're just coming up on our, on our time here, both of you. Uh, can I get just a couple of final thoughts on, you know, the, the refrigeration business as we are here in 2022 and uh, what's coming our way down the pike? Just off the cuff sort of stuff. Yeah. Sam, you know, you're all warmed up and your pipes are okay. you you carry on here. Yes, yeah, sure. So, you know, I said it earlier, but I think it's really about partnership. Um, I think the industry has to do this together. So OEMs need to be talking, and that's what Thermo King's doing. Um, we, we need to be partnering with our customers and listening to them, learning from them, um, and ultimately be working towards the same goal. I don't think it's gonna be easy, but I really do think as long as we stay connected and work through these things together, we'll, we'll get to the goal at the end of the day. 
you know, and that's, that's sort of our view as a company. Okay. And Preeti, from you, a couple of final thoughts on uh, your end of the business? Uh, it's a very similar message that Sam shared for Trailer, where uh, the goal is to have a, a working product and a working chassis with a non-leaky body, right? So it's 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 it it, it it the the onus falls on all the parties, including the customer, and uh, look at it as a wholesome partnership solution. Um, and we give as much data and learnings as possible from the telematics and what have you. It becomes even more critical today, given that there are more smarts in the system. Pretty Subramanian and Sam Doerr, both from Thermo King Train Technologies. I appreciate you joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for your time. Very informative. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for having us, Jim. Yeah. Remember to follow and connect with us on social media, and you'll find links to the various platforms in the podcast description. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you don't miss any future episodes of HDT Talks Trucking. I'm Jim Park. Thanks for watching.